Hey there, absolutely love and incredibly grateful that you are listening to the podcast. Just want to let you know that if you ever want the video version, because sometimes it helps, it just resonates a little bit differently for you. You can check out my YouTube channel, which is absolutely free. I am sharing tips and experiences there weekly. So if you prefer video, go check it out. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the business of being healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action. And I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for, filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. Welcome back to another episode here on the Business of Being Healthy. And today's guest is one that honestly, I just came across, and this has been a theme for me this year. When I see someone that I can absolutely tell without a doubt that they are inspiring other people, I want to bring them on the show and have them share their story so that they can inspire our listeners. And this isn't going to just be your fluff episode. I am telling you, this is going to be tactical. This is also going to be real world because that's what we're here to do is share those stories to help you achieve your success faster. So I am so excited to welcome Risa Costas, who is a seasoned style expert, a speaker, and an entrepreneur based here in our beautiful city of Phoenix. She is the founder and top Arizona stylist of, well, we're going to call it the new one, Risa. Risa Costas Creative. She is going through a rebrand and Oh my gosh, we are so going to get into this. I cannot wait. She is also the CEO and co-founder of the Rescue Kit Company, which is a fashion emergency kits for brides and beyond. Now, she is known for her keen eye for closet editing, as well as organization, and preparing everyone for those big special moments in their life. Now, she comes with a wealth of knowledge, and she is so gracious to share it with us today. So, Risa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. That was an awesome intro. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's very easy when you're an awesome person. So, you know, Risa, let's dive in here because I was just reviewing your social media and don't forget, or don't worry, everyone listening in, I'm going to link it down below because I do want you to follow her. But I saw a post that you're like, welcome 2023. I'm coming in. What did that post mean to you? What were you thinking when you created that post? Yeah, well, I mean, I think a new year brings a lot of energy and excitement for a lot of people. You know, I mean, I, I wanted to come into 2023 feeling like a big, bad version of myself. It was just like, I think you're referring to the one that was like 2022 was cute and all, but look out 2023. And that was just really a signifier of what I am planning to do in my life, how I'm planning to live and the direction that my businesses are going to go. Um, 2020, 2022 was definitely a year of experimentation. And when you've been an entrepreneur for almost 10 years and been in that like startup space, I've been in the startup space since I was literally 21 years old. I started my first business when I was 21 doing hair and makeup for weddings. And I've always had this kind of like grit and hustle and grind about me. Um, but when you've been doing it for so long and you, you aren't really sure, like, is this working? You know, I don't know how many entrepreneurs are out there that ask themselves that on a daily basis, but that's something that I have continued to ask myself, even though it doesn't mean I don't believe in myself. It just means, is this working? what could I be doing better? How could I be showing up differently and bigger? And I'm always looking for an edge for myself. And I think when I, when I started in 2022, I had a lot of great change and habits that I had built and people that I had surrounded myself with. Um, but I was also looking for a little bit of a change of scenery and an opportunity to push myself and grow as a human 
to see, am I doing the right thing? And is this the right path for me? And how could I be showing up differently for not only myself, but my clients? So I experimented. I I joined a friend's startup company and helped them kind of get off the ground. They had already been in business for about a year, but they were looking to grow their team and, and strategize in a different way. And we actually met, this is funny, we met running a half marathon up and down Sarah Blakely and Jesse Itzler's driveway. So the founder of Spanx and her husband, who's my mentor and friend. And he said to me, like, you have this amazing fresh energy. I need you to come and work for me. And it was at a point in, you know, halfway through the year was exactly a year ago, a couple of days ago, which is so funny. They're, they're doing that same event this year right now. It's happening literally this weekend. So funny timing on this story, but it was halfway through the year. And I, I really thought to myself, I've been styling for a really long time. I'm coming up on 10 years as a business owner, as a stylist. And I thought now might be a great time to see Should I be investing in other businesses? Should I change course? Um, Is there something that I can learn from this person that would help me grow in my own business? Um, Because, you know, I, I do have, like you mentioned, two businesses, styling and a product line. And I think anytime you can meet somebody and and surround yourself with them, if there's the lesson to be learned, or if there's business advice um, to be able to soak in, or just leadership skills that you might be able to take into your own business. I truly believe people come into your life for a reason, and that you should jump on those opportunities to learn and grow and maybe take yourself away from the grind of your own thing and, and see what you can do differently. So 2022 was that year for me where I took risk. I pulled back a little bit from styling. I joined this mental health um, and wellness app. And I will say, hands down, pulling back, almost like taking a sabbatical. Like if you've ever taken a chunk of time off of either social media or your work or just taking yourself out of your career path for a minute, you either see, wow, I was in the wrong lane or you see, I need to go back. You see the lessons, you go back and the comeback is so strong. Um, And you take these experiences and you learn from these people and you see what you can be doing better. So I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, it was the greatest decision I ever made. I never really fully detached from styling. I still had some clients here and there and I still dabbled in it. And, and, you know, I kept, I kept it in the wings because I knew, I knew, I think in the back of my head that I would end up back there. But there was this unbelievable transformation that I made as a human. I started prioritizing my wellness. Um, I started changing up my routines and habits. I changed my morning and my evening routine. I did things like go and get a hair test to figure out what I should and shouldn't be eating, what my what I needed to change about my sleep, what vitamins I was deficient in and what I should be taking. I also took on a leadership role which I think will really prepare me for what's to come for the future of my companies. And I started prioritizing myself in a way that I have never done before. Um, So it was great. It was like 2022 taught me the lessons and I learned. And then I entered 2023, like look out and you know, only a few months with that company in 2023 and, and decided, you know what, I need to really go all in on myself. I absolutely love that. And there's so much gold there. So I would even like take a minute and like go back because there's a storyline there that I want everybody to pay attention to, because I think we've all lived it. I'm 43 too. I know that you just entered your forties, right? And that twenties, right? We're invincible in the words like hustle and grind are badges of honor that we wear because we think to be successful, we have to hustle and grind. Yeah. And so we push and push and push. Meanwhile, our health is falling. We're doing things that maybe don't align with our, our core. We're gaining new experience to where we are getting clearer on what we want to do. And so I love that now you took 2022 to really like dive back in, take that sabbatical, slow down and listen. I mean, that Risa is like, 
it's so hard to do. So I just want to like commend you for doing that because that is incredibly hard to do, but look at where you are now. I can feel it. I know that those of you listening in right now, you can hear her swagger. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see her swagger now. So what I want to talk about just real quick, um, cause there's so much I want to dive into based upon what you just shared, but you had mentioned running a marathon, right? That's happening. I I've seen this. If you're not following Sarah and Jesse on Instagram, I absolutely would recommend it, but you ran a marathon. That's not something that like you just kind of go, okay, let me go do this. And here's, what's the neat part is you inserted yourself into it. Tell me, share a little bit about that experience, because again, that takes bravery right? Because to my knowledge, we said you weren't like a seasoned marathon runner and you were like, oh, this is just another marathon. You were like, you, you literally inserted yourself into something completely new for you. Thank you. And let me tell you, Shelly, how much of a non-runner I am. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> runs here and there. I was an athlete in college. I was a cheerleader in college. I was a lacrosse player and soccer player growing up and all the things. But when I signed up for this half marathon, I had never run further than five miles, maybe. Uh, this was so out of my comfort zone, so out of my comfort zone. I was so uncomfortable. And not to mention, right before I left on this trip, I got COVID. So my training my, I'm using air quotes. My training was non-existent because I was so wiped out. I almost thought I couldn't go. And that would have been the most heartbreaking thing in the world. I probably would have, I would have walked there if I could have, <laughs> just because I was so ready to be in the room and on that hill with people. And so I will take you back to the, to the beginning of how I even like found out about this and, and why I even showed up there. And that's all part of that 2022 growth and getting uncomfortable and surrounding yourself with the right people, doing things that scare the crap out of you, um, trying something completely new. And if you're not doing that in your personal life, I'll just say this, you're, you're never going to excel in your business life. So when you can get uncomfortable even if it's just going to the grocery store, if you have anxiety around going to the grocery store, like whatever it is that you can do, that's a baby step toward getting super uncomfortable and feeling that feeling of fear and pushing yourself. I highly recommend it because I've never at this, after that, like I, I, anything that I've wanted to try, I, and I'm not even going to say after that, I am going to go ahead and say this has been a quality of me for a very long time. I don't hem and haw about things. I don't go down the rabbit hole about what, what could happen to me or what, you know, how I could get hurt, which I did, <laughs> but I just do it. I do it without fear. I do it. I sign up, I show up, I go, and then I figure the rest out later. And every time I've done that, it's paid off in full, but when the pandemic hit, I joined, I saw on Sarah Blakely's stories, I saw her post a post about her husband and he was carrying around this oversized calendar and like ranting and raving about how he kept his, he used to carry around like one of those teacher calendars that sits on the desk. That's so huge and takes up the size of the desk and fill in his days of what he had on his agenda. And his, one of his life philosophies is, is putting things on your calendar that are your things before, um, you know, other people's plans for you. So IE meetings or coffees or things that don't serve you and your personal life that take up your time that come before you. So his life philosophy is to put things, your own things on the calendar first and then schedule around that. So making sure that you prioritize yourself because when you start to prioritize yourself first, you're better for those around you. So I was watching one of Sarah's stories because who in the world does not follow Sarah Blakely if you're a female entrepreneur? I mean, I don't even know if we would understand each other if you don't. And Absolutely. I saw Jesse on her stories and 
I sort of felt this like kindred spirit to him. I love his excitement, his enthusiasm. I'm so, I'm sort of unapologetically enthusiastic and excitable, and I'm sure it annoys a lot of people, but I just get excited about everything. And I saw that spirit in Jesse, and I was like, okay, who is this guy? What's his story? I need to know whatever he's, whatever this calendar is, I'm just going to buy it. I was like, I don't even know who he is, but I, I made the purchase. He was just about to launch. It was called the big ass calendar. And he, and around this calendar, he launched the big ass calendar club. And it was sort of like an online uh, virtual mentorship program that came along with the calendar. And it was all of Jesse's life principles for living his most fulfilled and excitable and um, jam-packed life. And he lives by filling your day and packing it to the brim um, and never being too tired for the people that you love, but also prioritizing yourself. So whatever he was selling, I was buying. And I didn't really have a lot of money coming in because there was no business to be had at that time. So just remember like feeling uncomfortable about the purchase, even though it wasn't thousands of dollars, like a lot of masterminds or mentorship programs, but I was bought in because what he was talking about spoke to my soul, living your life and setting boundaries. And, you know, the people pleaser in me has always scheduled my days and my time around other people. I've never prioritized myself, whether that's being a service-based business or just, like I said, a people pleaser that always wants to put the needs of others because that's how I always seek approval from people. Um, and that goes way back. But I just realized like, this might be the key to my freedom. This might be something to occupy my time in a really healthy way in the pandemic when we were all wondering what we were going to do with ourselves and going down the rabbit hole of like, is, is my life meaningful? So that's how I came to discover Jesse. And I knew in that moment, I started journaling and journaling throughout that process. And I, I, started manifesting that, that Jesse and I would be friends. I was like, Oh, future gratitude. I'm so grateful to be friends with Jesse Itzler. He were buddies, you know, and I would write this down every day. So we did have some communication throughout the year. And I remember he brought me into one of his webinars. So I got to be like on the big screen with him in front of the entire calendar club. And I just felt like this connection to him, like he and I have the same idea of how life should be lived and how you should treat people and how you should exist. Mm -hmm. And about a year later, so 2022 now, at this time, about a month before this, he, um, or I guess, uh, yeah, maybe two months before this, because he was coming to Arizona to run and race in an Ultraman marathon. And an Ultraman is a swim a bike and a run. And it's like a 171 mile bike. I could be getting these numbers wrong. 52 mile run and a six mile swim. And he announced it to our group that that was his big thing that he was putting on the calendar for the year. He calls it a Misogi. The one big thing that changes the trajectory of your year that changes the, the other 364 days and how you view the year. And as soon as he announced that, I was like, well, if he's coming to Arizona, we are, we are definitely going to meet in person. I've been manifesting this. And I reached out to him. I just remember like right when he kind of announced, it was very like, it was very nonchalant the way he announced it, but I listened and I heard it and I DM'd him. I, I basically voice noted him and was like, Hey, like we were friends. I don't even know where I got this idea. I just was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to offer to pick him up from the airport and see what he says. I remember calling my sister and I was like, I think I'm going to do this. She's like, do it. So I DM'd him. I voice noted him and was like, hey, so I know you're coming to Arizona soon uh, for your race. So, uh, you know, I'd love to pick you up, you know, in my... Um, in my, uh, my, what did I call it? I don't even know my Ford Explorer sport. I was like, I'll be your chauffeur for the weekend. I will come bearing bananas, get you groceries, whatever you need, pick you up, just like whatever you need. So, uh, let me know if you need a ride, you know, he didn't, he, he only knew me from Instagram. He really didn't have any like knowledge of who I was. And I just remember him writing back deal circle back at the end of the month, just those words. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I guess we're friends now. 
And that was it. I mean, it just happened just like that. And I don't know. I think sometimes when you catch people, it's the it's all about timing. It's about delivery. It's about putting yourself out there. And Jesse has lived his life in, you know, ripping up the playbook and not doing things normally. And that's, I think, again, another quality that I just love in him because I have never done things the traditional route. So I ended up picking him up from the airport, box of bananas in my trunk and tons of groceries and got to help him check into the Ultraman race. And they actually ended up giving me a binder with all the parking passes and the route that they were going to take. So I was able to, and I was planning on this anyway, but support him throughout the entire weekend. I made homemade signs for every day. And I was there either at the beginning of the race or the end of the race, or sometimes throughout and just got to experience this really big moment with him up close and personal with his team. And I just remember thinking not about anything other than the ability to show up for somebody and what that can mean and what that can do in the blink of an eye for someone. Mm-hmm. And we've been friends ever since. And now here we are a year later and I've picked him up a couple times from the airport and got to see him off on his ride across the country this year. Um, they just rode their bikes across the country, he and nine friends and a whole crew. And um, it's really cool. It's it's one of those moments where you just, you know, realize that you are only one phone call, one DM, one text, or, you know, one conversation away from being in the presence of somebody who can change your life. Well, and Risa, one thing that I want to, I just want to point out just as a listener in, and I don't know if our listeners caught this too, is that you're giving as, as you should, he is 100% earned it, Jesse, a lot of credit, right? He has a truly don't give an F I'm going to do what I want to do and be with my family and be with my loved ones and do that. And that is amazing. You are too. So that's one thing that I want you to also see. And and those listening in, if you caught it, right? Like she, Risa made the phone call, right? She didn't let that inner voice stop her. She offered to pick up this very well-known billionaire at the airport (laughs) like when you say that you're like, I'm an idiot. No, one's going to, he's not going to do that. Why would he do that? Why would he do, who am I? Right? Like we can say to ourselves all of these things, but she just took action. So sometimes I just think that like one of the best things in that whole story that you shared is you just took action regardless of what the outcome was. You took action. And now you have this amazing, quirky, hilarious, crazy friend, um, who I'm sure. And I love that you called him like a friend and a mentor. Like that is something that I think we can all like benefit from is finding those people that do inspire us. And there was like, no. And and again, I hope everyone listening in caught this. There was no like, oh, he can do this for me. So I'm just going to like do this. So like he has, like, he's going to feel obligated to help me. There was none of that. She just wanted to be around him. And that is like such a compliment. So Risa, I just, I think that sometimes we can belabor and like think about stuff so much that it creates inaction when in reality, I hope Risa's story just inspired you to take the action, right? That, that was so great. So thank you for sharing that. Now, One thing that you mentioned in that story, Risa, was talking about um, kind of what other people thought of you, like, right? Like how you were concerned about what other people thought of you in the past Mm -hmm. and, you know, call it imposter syndrome, call it like what have you, we don't even really need to name it. It's just a feeling that I think most of us as business owners, as women, as moms, right? Like you can go to like my mom's out there, like you see all the moms in the parking lot and there can be a comparison game that comes up. You go to a business networking meeting and the comparison game can go up based upon like the environment and how it's set up. And that can be debilitating on its own. And I know that you have had a lot of growth in this area. And so what I'd love for you to share is how you got that growth and maybe even some like slip ups where you like kind of fell back to then have to go forward. If that happened, Risa. Ugh, when doesn't that happen? <laughs> it's still, it happens almost every day. Yeah. All the time. I would be lying if I said I was cured from that. Um, you know, I experienced a lot of bullying in my young years. I was really tortured as a kid 
And it continued through high school and sometimes even after. And I speak openly about this because what happens in our past, of course, it doesn't define us unless you let it. That's really up to you. And for a long time, it did for me. It defined me. Um, I chose people pleasing because I thought that's how I'm going to be accepted. If I do for others and I bend over backwards and I sacrifice myself, I will show people that I am worthy of their friendship or that I'm worthy of getting this particular job or whatever it may be. And it really scarred me for a long time. But I think the older we get, well, I always say like the forties are just magical and they will set you free. And nobody really tells you that, like you'll read about it here and there. And we're starting to talk more openly about it now. But when I was younger, nobody really prepared me for like what each decade would bring and the rises and falls that I would have throughout those years. But the forties really bring this like sense of freedom and sense of self. And they also help you create boundaries because you've been through a lot of the ups and downs. Like you said, the hustle, the grind, the people pleasing of the twenties, the thinking that you have it all figured out. And then maybe, um, really falling from grace and having to bounce back from something, whatever it may be. So for me, I mean, I think boundaries is the first thing that I would say, Boundaries are the first thing that I would say that have set me free from the people-pleasing tendencies and feeling like I might be judged by others or that others' opinions even matter. Um, I think when your business is rooted in taking care of people and being a service-based business, if you are a service-based business, I'm sure you'll be able to relate to this, but there is this like sense of identity that you have that is rooted in how others feel after you finish your service. And after you, like for me, when, after I style them, like I can pick up on people's energy and if they feel really good and if they're excited and happy, then I'm like, yeah, I did it. I'm, I'm so great. I'm the best. And then, you know, sometimes you get these people that are not satisfied or not happy, or you feel like you haven't hit the mark and, and it can be draining and exhausting. And it's, it's really hard when you have a business that is dependent on how other people feel when they show up in the world, it's really difficult to separate yourself from that and create a boundary around like, well, I did the best job that I could. I showed up in the best way that I could for this person. If they aren't happy, either we're not a good fit or there's still some confidence work that they need to do on their end, or maybe I didn't show up in my best way that day. And I need to take accountability or responsibility for the fact that I'm, I missed the mark today, you know, whatever that may be. But another thing I'll say is therapy. I mean, without somebody helping me see the why behind the what, I don't think that I would be here sitting here talking to you today because therapy is a necessity in this life. I mean, I'm so glad that discussions of mental health and taking care of yourself and doing the mental work are so present in today's world because they just weren't when I was in my 20s and 30s and starting in business. And I think it's it's vital to, like I said, being able to separate yourself from, you know, the rabbit hole that you can go down of what other people think of you and, and how you can stay small in a room when you think that everyone's eyes are on you when really people aren't thinking about you that much. You know, you'll hear that said a lot these days, like, those people aren't thinking about you. They're probably thinking about their own insecurities and it might reflect onto you, but you're not the thought in their head when they go home every night. Everyone is dealing with something. So the minute you can free yourself from that, I think that you can, you know, you'll, you'll be able to survive day to day. You know, it's one thing. Um, I just love this conversation because you're right. It doesn't get spoken about enough. And I, I want you to share your story, but before, you know, this is one thing that I am just so passionate about when you take care of yourself, right? You're actually even 
elevating your ability to take care of others, mm-hmm. right? But you have to take care of yourself first. And so whatever that looks like, right? If it's therapy, if it's breath work, if it's working out, if it's taking five minute break before you step into a meeting, like whatever that is, it's so important because you got to put yourself first. And it's a hard thing to do when we have been trained, right? And kind of ingrained or maybe listen to that little voice that is saying like, no, after this, then you, after them, then you, right? It needs to be you first. Now, one thing, and I want to share this story just to kind of help people like create that connection. And I'd love for you to share one too, Risa, is, you know, going to the gym can be very scary for people. I remember when it was scary for me because I'm like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm going in here. All these people look amazing. I start judging myself, right? If I'm judging them, I'm judging me. And as I've gotten more comfortable, as I just put in the reps, walk in the door again and again for over a decade now, I go in there and I can see the women that are in that position I used to be in right? Like a little bit concerned, worried about themselves, and they typically don't stay long. And I want to tell everybody in there, like for me personally, when I'm in the gym, as, as if Risa, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually blind in my left eye. When I go into the gym, I actually have to focus to use my left side of my body because my eye is not working. So I have to focus to do that. So when you think everyone is watching you in the gym, they have their own thing that they're dealing with. That's what I'm sharing this for is I am so focused on making the left side of my body work because it doesn't naturally do it like the right side of my body. So everyone in there has something that they are working on that they aren't watching you. And that takes a little bit of time to get to. It takes a little bit of time to get comfortable. And so whatever you have, use that time where whatever it looks like for you, use that time to focus on yourself. And so, you know, Risa, with you and you know, I know, well, I shouldn't know this. Actually, Risa, maybe you could share. When you're styling clients and you see someone that maybe hasn't put themselves first for mm-hmm. a while, how would you help maybe encourage them to give it a try? Mm. Actually, I have a story about this and with a recent client because about 80% of the people that I work with don't put themselves first. And- mm. I'm like a hairdresser. I hear a lot of these things first and I hear all the behind the scenes. I'm in their closets with them in the most vulnerable and private space, typically in their home. And I was with a client recently. I obviously won't say her name. And, you know, we've been working together for about five years and she broke down in her closet the other day and said, I don't know why I feel like we've done, I can buy anything I want in the world. And we've been working together for such a long time and you always meet all of my needs. But every time I come into my closet, I feel like I don't like anything that I have. And there is there no, there's no price tag too high for this person. They've worked really hard. And so she can go purchase whatever she wants. And it isn't about that, but what she was telling me was like, there's something else going on that is stopping me from wanting to show up for myself or wear any of these clothes. And you've taken all this time to put all these outfits together. And every time I go to get dressed, I feel disappointed. And then she further shared with me that somebody close to her in her life sort of made her feel like she was, she didn't look very good every time she got dressed and we, she would feel really good about the outfits And then she would get a comment from the peanut gallery about how they didn't like something, or there was always some kind of criticism. And we got to the, the underlayer before we even got to work, it was like a therapy session. And it usually is. I turn into, I am, I am truly a style and confidence coach behind the scenes. And she shared with me that that really hurts her feelings and she doesn't know what to do about it because it's not just something that you can brush off when somebody close to you isn't building you up. And it starts to wear on you. And I had to coach her in that moment, or I got to coach her, I should say, about setting boundaries and taking care of herself and speaking her own truth and creating the narrative that she wants in that scenario and say to this person, 
I don't really want to hear your opinions about what I choose to wear because I dress for me. And I gave her some other talking points. And it was just this like moment where I felt like I would have never known this about this person. And she broke down. There were tears. There was, there, there were hugs. There was conversation around the vulnerability that she feels when she gets dressed, even just to go to the grocery store. So most, I I would imagine that if this is happening to people under right underneath me that I didn't even know that it's happening to more people than are sharing. And there's this, this fear around the judgment that we're going to face or, you know, how do I show up as the best version of myself? And I felt like it is my duty in that moment. And I have felt like this for a really long time. Like it is my calling to remind women that we are so strong. We are so resilient and we need to be our own advocate and we don't dress for anyone other than ourselves. And it's my duty to, to build women up and to cheerlead for them and to work within the constraints of their budget, their lifestyle, their needs, their wants, um, where they're going, what they're doing and, and help them just gain this confidence that so many people I think are lacking when they go just to put on an outfit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Risa, one thing, um, Gosh, I I just think it was a subtle nuance that you had mentioned about like coaching her what to say to someone that wasn't supporting her. And, um, you know, I know that this is like, this is a passionate topic for you, right? About boundaries, but also who you surround yourself with. And as cliche as it might sound, we hear this all the time, right? You are who you surround yourself with. I really want if you're open, would you share with us how changing those surroundings, maybe for you, maybe 2022, you had shared a little bit of, of that surrounding who, who is in your circle, how that has affected. Cause I think so often we can say like, yep, you are who you surround yourself with. Right. But like actually share what happened when you changed who you surrounded yourself with. Let's give that like validity to actually taking the action to do it. Mm -hmm. And this is a brave step, I think, to do, because think about people who have been friends with their high school or nursery school friends, and they don't necessarily serve them all the time, or maybe they do, and that's great, you know, but if it's an unhealthy relationship with somebody that you've had a long-term relationship with, there is this fear. It's like maybe leaving a spouse or a significant other that you just feel like, well, it would just be easier if I stayed easier for who, you know, um, I just have to ask myself that like, I'm in a different position. I'm a single woman. I'm going to be 42 this year. And it's, I'm sure that people are thinking, well, it's easy for you to say, you know, you, you have a solo life. You can sort of just pick and choose and do your thing. You don't have like a family unit that's close to you that there other dynamics are brought into, but I have chosen this life because I have had the ability to exit people from my life, even though it hasn't been easy for me. I was engaged at one point. I had to make a conscious decision to leave that relationship. And let me tell you, it was really difficult, even though ultimately it was the best thing I ever could have done. But I have been practicing this purging of toxicity from my life, I would say, since I was 10 years old. I mean, it has been a practice for me, but it's taken a really long time to have the courage to do it. And 2022 was one of those years where I allowed people in that I knew were going to be lifelong people. And it's hard to do in your forties, I think, but I do think that that's when you find like After you do all the digging, you find like the rare gems of people and then you hold them really close. Like I'm not one of those people who has a ton of friends from my childhood. Um, It wasn't, I didn't have a lot of close relationships from growing up, but I have a couple and I've held on to them so tightly. But there are some stipulations I think that come with that, right? Like there's this um, friendship clause that, you know, I don't need to talk to you on the phone 55 million times. In fact, if you call me all the time, I sort of you might get muted for a while (laughs) because like we're all living our lives. And I, and I, 
I like to have the freedom to know that my close friends will understand. I don't have to talk to them all the time. You hear this a lot. This is not a new thing, but I, I, I I literally have like a friendship clause with my friends and it's like, you know, I reserve the right to do the no plans plans rule, which I call it's, you know, I have the right to cancel plans. If my energy doesn't serve, I live by this. Um, and my friends all know that. So like things are always penciled in unless they're a special event, which I had to RSVP to or whatever, or, you know, it's something that I'm absolutely not missing, but if it's like a coffee or a dinner or a workout or things like that, if my energy isn't serving, or if I'm feeling off that day, or if I need to prioritize something else that feels like it takes precedence, I have this friendship clause with my friends, like the no plans plans, like you'll still love me anyway, if I cancel on you, love you. Um, see you next time. You know, I can only be friends with people like that. And I can only be friends with people who know that we might not talk for six or eight months, but I love you so much. And you are one of my closest people. And I know that we can depend on each other if we need each other in that moment. But I also know that that separation is healthy and it's okay. And I don't need somebody breathing down my neck every day and vice versa. So the reason I've been able to exit people so easily from my life is because I have set clear guidelines about what I will allow into my energetic sphere, if you will, and into my mindset and into my personal space and into my bubble. Like, like baby, this is your dance space. This is my dance space. Like I, I really honestly feel like if you are not exiting people from your life who are toxic and who are causing you stress, you're, you're blocking, you're creating a blockage that could allow a healthier person to be in your life or just for you to live a healthier life. Like you are creating a blockage, whether you know it or not. So for every person that I was able to quietly exit from. It's not like it's this grand, like I'm breaking up with you as a friend, you know, maybe we just quietly separated. And I think that person knew and I knew as well, or maybe it was something a little bit more harsh or more direct. I should say that that was like, Hey, here's what I need right now from the people that are closest to me. This is the season of business that I am in. I don't have capacity for coffees lunches, hour long phone calls. If that doesn't work for you, we might not be able to have the close relationship that you were hoping for. There's a really nice way to say it, but I'm, I made a conscious choice to put myself first over the last few years. And I believe that it makes me a better friend in the long run. So real quick, I wanted to share that I'm working on my social media presence by focusing on Instagram and LinkedIn. Definitely still learning the LinkedIn game, but it's actually a lot more enjoyable and I can say it's pretty fun. But I can tell you what I love the most is connecting and learning from other like-minded professionals. So if we aren't connected on either platform, I would love to learn more about you and connect together. Go ahead, shoot me a DM, follow me, tag me, let's connect. Let's have some fun elevating our health while we are building our wealth. that is it's such a powerful message and I love like you kind of going through the process because the thing is is it's it's one thing to say it it's another thing to do it so seeing how you have been able to do it but I think what I heard was that you were setting the boundaries for yourself right and so those boundaries really help make the decision for you very easy And a lot of times it's their actions. We can't control anybody else but ourselves, right? So when you have those boundaries for you, you kind of almost naturally weed out the ones that aren't aren't fruitful relationships for you. And you also welcome in those that are. That's the thing. I think we always talk about like kind of eliminating those people, but you also open up room so that you can have some of the most wonderful relationships and acquaintances and, and people into your life. But we only have so much time. We only have so much space and and so much energy to your point that we can give to everybody. So I love, <laughs> love, love that. Now, 
you know, one of the things I know, and this is what I love about business and entrepreneurship is you started with styling, but then you noticed something that was kind of missing, right? And it evolved to create this other company that you have now. So maybe if you could take us through, because you're styling, I love that, like there is style and, and there is like that confidence coaching that you were talking about. It's all together. And that is so important. But what's so neat is you also recognized a need in the market. So share with us how the rescue kit came to be and what, what is it? Yeah, thank you. Well, I'll take you back to 2007 when I was living in San Francisco and had had a couple of years in the fashion industry working for a small handbag and shoe company. And that was where I really got a taste of the startup industry. And I was working at a high level in my mid, like young 20s without a degree. So I got thrust into the fashion industry and learned all of the ins and outs of building a business. And it really gave me the bug. And even before that, when I moved to San Francisco from the Boston area, I was a hair and makeup artist for weddings. So I was self-taught and I didn't even have a college degree till I turned 31, got that here at, at ASU when I went back to school, but I sort of did things a little bit backwards and it ended up being the greatest, um, I guess, like street smarts and school of hard knocks and school of entrepreneurism that I could have ever imagined. And I had no idea that that's where I would end up. But in 2007, when I was gearing up to move from San Francisco to New York City to take a PR job in the fashion industry, I was sitting around with my girlfriends that we all lived in this little like Melrose Place kind of um, complex in San Francisco in Knob Hill. It was the cutest little cottage area. And we all shared um, a little patio. And we were sort of doing a goodbye because I was moving and they said to me like, well, what's like, what does the future hold? Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I just sort of envisioned this one-stop shop company for weddings. And I didn't know what it would be at the time, but I had already like chosen my business name, Restyle Consulting at the time. And I knew that I would do something with that, but originally I thought it would be this one-stop shop for weddings, maybe this building where you could get everything that you needed for your wedding booked and designed and built all in one place. And if anyone ever wants to start that business, I have the full business plan ready to go for you. <laughs> but anyway, I, I thought, you know, weddings, weddings make me so happy. The finished look, like why I never made it as a hair and makeup artist is because I really didn't want to cut and color hair and doing people's makeup on their wedding day really stressed me out. That's a lot of pressure. And, but I knew I needed to sort of dabble in everything. I, I, sh I shouldn't say I knew I was starting to put those building blocks together and, and connect those dots, but I didn't know that it would lead to what it's led to today. So I had said to these people, I, I know I want to work in the wedding industry. So then I went off to New York and I did in-house PR for a women's clothing line, not wedding related, and did that for about a year and a half, moved here to Arizona, got my degree and took myself to Italy for a few months to really think about what the, like the goal was going to be and, and what kind of business I would launch and came back and started my styling company. And at the beginning stages of the styling company, I would do whatever I could do to get my name out there. I threw all the spaghetti against all the walls and I did family photo shoot styling, closet cleanouts. I even planned people's weddings at like venues like the Mona Lucia and El Charo. And, you know, I don't even know how they allowed me to do that because I wasn't even a proper wedding planner, but I knew I knew how to execute the wedding day. I had been around weddings since I started singing in them when I was 10 and I just knew I could do it. And, and I had had tons of event planning experience doing trade shows and, and pop-up sales for the handbag and shoe company. So I knew how to execute an event. And this was before, I think before they were really only allowing like the best of the best wedding planners to plan at venues like that, but I did it. And they went off without a hitch and people trusted me. So I was gaining all of the experience I needed in the, the bridal industry, the wedding industry and the styling industry. So at this point now I've done everything in fashion. I've done PR. So I know how to market. I've done hair and makeup. So I understand the finished look I've styled. I've, you know, cleaned out closets. I've basically coached people. I've been on set for hundreds of photo shoots. And I just, you know, I, I knew that all of this experience would come in handy at some point. So when I started restyle in 2014, I, 
I dabbled a little bit in the bridal styling and started to curate this kit, this professional kit that I would take with me on photo shoot sets to wedding days and any commercial sets that I was doing and just whatever I was working on, this kit never left my side. And I built it based on what I experienced I needed um, that was needed on the set. So it could have been anything from glue dots to double stick tape to, um, you know, hairspray to whatever it was. And this kit just became my lifeline for solving problems. And I realized that people were coming to me for everything on set. And I always had it. I had like my Mary Poppins bag of tricks and it was invaluable to executing the perfect day. So after really realizing that there is this need for dressing brides and being there and present on the wedding day, getting them dressed, making sure that they look perfect, making sure the professional photos are perfect so everyone can stay in their places, the photographer can stay behind the lens, the planners can stay on the decor and, you know, work with the on-site event coordinator, I was hired to be with the bride and be there on the day of to make sure that she had everything she needed and she looked perfect because honestly, the pictures in the video are the ultimate ROI for your wedding day. So how you look is really important and brides prepare for, you know, a year plus or minus for this day. And it's a huge investment. So I saw it as even more important than a brand photo shoot, because this is maybe only happens once. And it wasn't until I would say like 2018 or so, um, that I was on location for a wedding day and, I was hired by the photographer to just be there for the bride and people weren't really booking me yet. They didn't quite understand this level of service. They weren't really sure if they should pay the price to have me there. So photographers were hiring me and in exchange for being there, they were, they would give me the photos for my website. So I was at the, the, um, I was at mountain shadows working a wedding and I'll never forget you know, hearing my name screamed from down the hall as they were walking out for first look and I was collecting all of my stuff from the bridal suite, um, hearing my name screamed like, we need you. And one of the bridesmaids coming running down the hall and somebody had stepped on the back of the bride's dress and completely broken her zipper. And this was on the way down for first look. So she hadn't even like made it to her man yet and hadn't even walked down the aisle yet. And I luckily had my kit on me and was able to sew her into her dress and super glue the lace. I mean, I, this poor girl, it was 105 degrees. She had, you know, tears had just ruined all of her makeup. She had to have her makeup touched up. This poor girl, it was awful. And it was in that moment where I realized, had I not been here, and had, you know, some kind of sewing skill and known what to do in the event of an emergency, literally, um, this bride would have, she told me, she's like, I would not have walked down the aisle had you not been here. Like I would have, I think I would have canceled my wedding. Like that was how, I mean, I'm sure she wouldn't have, but that's what she said to me. So I knew in this moment that I needed to make a consumer product that could be a stand-in stylist if I wasn't there. Because not only can I not be at every wedding, but maybe not everyone can afford me. And a product like this just does not exist in the marketplace. And what comes along with this product is my brain. We like to call it, we lovingly call it my brain in a bag because it's the tips, the tricks, the ideas, the different ways to use things how to store things, how to reuse things, and how to save the day. I mean, when I tell you save the day, we have we have a perfect return. We've never had somebody say, I want to return this product. Um, we've had so many amazing glowing reviews, and all we get is just this positive feedback about how their day went off without a hitch because of the rescue kit company. And it it's literally the entire culmination of my life, the people pleasing, the hard work, the random jobs, the moving cross country, like everything that I have built and lived and experienced and every ounce of who I am goes into this product. 
It's so great. And I love that you shared that story with us because that is what I think is like so incredibly powerful is when things come from need and the name rescue kit could not be any more perfect, right? Rescue kit here to save the day. So, I mean, I, I absolutely love this. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it behind Risa and, um, I am going to also link everything into our show notes, but Risa, you were so kind to offer two, two offers to our <laughs> listeners. Can you share with us what those are? And again, these will all be linked down below. Yes. So if any, you can um, head to the rescuekitco.com and purchase any product on our site using the code Shelly with one L. So S-H-E-L-E-Y to get 15% off of anything on the Rescue Kit Company site. And then of course I had to offer a styling discount as well. So I offer a 90 minute coaching session where we can do guided shopping on screen share. I you can try things on for me and I can tell you how to style it with what you already own. Um, any way that you want to use that time. It's a 90 minute high level coaching session with me. I can actually help you clean out your closet virtually. We're really fast. I mean, anything can be done in the styling industry now virtually. So um, I'd love to offer $100 off that service using the same code S-H-E-L-E-Y. And you can head to risacostas.com to redeem that. That is seriously incredibly kind, um, not expected, but so valuable. And the rescue kit, I feel like while it's for like weddings, I feel like it's like almost for like moms too, like business owners, right? You're walking in to like close a huge deal and your skirt rips or your pantyhose or, I mean, who wears pantyhose anymore? Let's, let's retract that comment. Um, <laughs> but like your skirt rips or your heel breaks on your shoe or something, right. Is going to happen. I feel like this rescue kit could be there. So, um, I am definitely going to dive in. I want to know, and it lists everything on the site, right? Like that's within it. Yes. So we, we also have the photo shoot kit, which we, we gear toward influencers or media professionals, but honestly, um, I just sent one to actually, um, Jesse's private chef, Leslie, she is always on the road. And I sent her a photo shoot kit uh, just because she's in and out of hotel rooms all the time. She's always on the road. She does a lot of Instagram reels and videos. So you just never know when you're going to need any of this stuff. But the photo shoot kit would suffice for anyone who gets dressed. And you can also buy things on our Founders Faves page. It's anything a la carte that you might want to, if you want to build your own kit. But, um, you know, the photo shoot kit would absolutely suffice. In the pandemic, we had to pivot because, you know, weddings were on hold and mm -hmm. we launched three months before the pandemic. So imagine that we launched like this inside of Saks Fifth Avenue, inside like a traveling um, store and store concept called Present Tour. And it was just a pop-up store and store concept inside of Saks, but it was a great way for us to debut our product. And then three months later, the pandemic hit. So we pivoted and launched you know, the closet kit and some event kits and things like that. But what we realized, you know, when you cast your net too wide, you just really can't capture your audience in the way that you want to when you have like a signature product that you become known for. So we only have a few concentrated kits in our, um, what we call I Do Rescue collection. So our bridal collection. And then we also have the photo shoot kit. So that serves the purpose for anyone who's ever in front of the camera, ever on stage, ever going to a wedding as a guest, ever hosting an event, going to a conference, like you said, a big meeting, whatever it may be. I mean, if you haven't stained your shirt with your coffee, I, I don't know if I understand you. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. I wore, I wore a white like blazer to an event. And like the whole time I was like something, it's like attracting something. I survived the day, but had I, I would have had a little bit like ease, like if I had known that I had, that I could have had the kit in its place. So, um, peace of mind, Shelly. That's what I know. That's what it is. It's a peace mind. of mind. Well, and it's just with the kids, they just come by me and I'm like, Oh, what, what, what is going to be on me or the dogs or the horses? Like it's always something, but, um, Risa, I just want to, you know, thank you so much for joining, pouring your heart into this conversation because while, you know, you might see like, Oh, this, this conversation is going to be all about styling. No, this is like about life. And this is about being able to share those wisdom and those experience that you experiences that you've had with others. So 
I just want to thank you for pouring your heart into this show, this episode, and our listeners. Um, and thank you for the the discount codes. Now, where can everyone find you? Where is the best place for everyone to, to follow along with you? Well, thank you so much for having me, first of all, and for creating a safe space for me to share openly. So, and, you know, and, and just having this platform for women to speak on is so wonderful. So thank you so much. I'm so glad you found me. Absolutely. And- and uh, everyone can find me on Instagram at, at Risa Costas and then at the Rescue Kit Co. And then, of course, on my website, risacostas.com or um, the rescuekitco.com as well. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again. And um, I just cannot wait to, uh, I'm going to dive into that, um, some of those kits because I feel like I need one for the peace of mind. But um, your value today was just so, so amazing. So thank you. And everyone tuning in, make sure that you follow along. Use those discount codes while they are there. Let's do it. And um, don't forget, we are dropping episodes twice a week. Um, So make sure that you are tuning in every Tuesday and Friday. All right. Until next time. 